What's up? We are back. Thanks for listening to the wrong opinion, useless NBA trivia and garbage rankings. We're talking about the second worst team in NBA history. That is the Charlotte Hornets. They were one of the four expansion teams between 1988 and 1989, along with the uh, Timberwolves, Heat, Magic. And then two Canadian teams came out in 1995. You can guess those two. So that overexpansion, along with too much guaranteed money for, for young talent, defense versus coaching, rules that hurt scoring, that's all what made the NBA suck from 1995 to 2004. Just 10 years of saturated teams, a top-heavy league. Like in 1998, there were five teams that won fewer than 20 games. That's a 24.4 winning percentage. They were zero in 2022 and there's been five total since 2019. So not really a wonder why past his prime, Karl Malone won two MVPs. It wasn't even his best season. He was just the last one standing. So Hornets, they eventually drafted, uh, they got Muggsy pretty early, but then they got Larry Johnson in 91 and Alonzo Mourning in 1992. Really good back-to-back drafts. Things looked up. They made the first playoffs in 1993, the year they drafted Alonzo. Uh, and then they managed to get to 50 wins by 1995. Again, weak league, but still, 50 wins, not bad. They lost in the first round. The two ended up having friction. Um, then Morning refused to re-sign, and he was traded for, for Glenn Rice and pieces to the Heat. Larry left the next year to the Knicks. They carried their feud to new teams, and the, the Heat and Knicks had some of the ugliest playoff battles in those late 90s. So those two trades left them with Glenn Rice and Anthony Mason. A couple nice pieces, but nothing, you know, special. Uh, Glenn was turned into Eddie Jones in 1998 for a year and a half. And Mason got hurt that same year, 98. He missed all of that gross 1999 lockout season that we pretend doesn't exist. So every year from 1997 until 2002, they made the playoffs with two 50-win teams. 54 wins in 1997, led by Anthony Mason. Not freaking bad. Is that Dave Cowens? Dave Cowens was the coach that year. That's something I didn't know. Look at that. We were all, we're all learning something today. Okay, so Dave Cowens, his first year as a head coach, 1997, won 54 games with the Hornets, 51 the next year. Started his third year, 4-17, and 17, and then didn't get a lot of coaching jobs from there on out. Two crappy years with the Warriors in 01 and 02. That is fascinating. So every year from 1997 to 02, they made the playoffs, except for 1999. Uh, they moved to New Orleans in 2002, but, fun fact, we'll talk about this way more next week, but in the early 2010s, they swapped their history with the now Pelicans of New Orleans. So after their 2002 season in Charlotte, they were technically on hiatus from a historical perspective until 2004, when the Bobcats emerged as an expansion franchise. They changed their name to the Hornets in 2014, and then at that point, they got their history back. Kind of confusing, kind of like the Ravens and Browns, from the late 90s where the Ravens had the Browns history and all their uh, their makeup but then they swapped histories once the Browns became an expansion team so as the Bobcats they drafted uh, they drafted UConn stud Emeka Okafor he had just won the NCAA tournament and tournament MVP that draft kind of reminds me of it was it was Dwight Howard going number one Emeka number two it kind of reminds me of that 2012 NFL draft I know we're flipping leagues here with Andrew Luck and RG3, where RG3 was a more decorated college player. He won Heisman, etc. 
Emeka, obviously the more decorated college player, won a title, random connection there. Uh, so then led by Emeka, they twiddled in like new team mediocrity until 2010. Remember, they were technically an expansion franchise, so they were still kind of a new team vibe despite having all that history behind them because that history didn't come until later. Uh, but 2010, Captain Jack, Steven Jackson, and Gerald Wallace brought the team back to the playoffs again. Uh, not, you know, a great season, but really fun. And then rookie Kemba Walker brought them to the promised land in his rookie 2011-12 season. If by promised land you mean literally the worst team in NBA history. Al Jefferson came by for a few years and they made the playoffs by uh, 2014 and then again in 2016. But now with LaMelo Ball, they haven't made the playoffs since. And with the Kings looking like a playoff team, the Hornets are soon going to have the longest active missed playoff stretch in the league. There's an argument that you could put them last. They made the playoff playoffs the same amount of times, 10 times. But the Timberwolves had eight that had that came in one era. Whereas with the Hornets, they have it in, a, in several different eras. So I, I kind of value when a team can reinvent itself and make the playoffs a bunch of times. Let's get to the rankings. We got first team, second team, third team, all Hornets. For the first team, this one's kind of easy. We got Kemba Walker. He's third in games, first in minutes, first in field goals, three-pointers, points, free throws, second in assists. I mean, he dominates this list. He played there for eight seasons from when he uh, came into the league until 2019. Three All-Star games. Oh, man, an All-Star game for Boston. That's shocking. Uh, 2019, kind of peaked with 25 a game. Third team, All-NBA. Uh, but the craziest thing, though, he never made an All-Star game while also making the playoffs while with Charlotte. He made the playoffs in 14 and 16. Neither time he made an All-Star game. All-Stars from 2017 on. Easy first team. Uh, first team shooting guard. This one was a little bit tougher. I went with Del Curry. All-time leader in games. All-time leader in two-point field goals. It's interesting. There's a lot of average there. He, he came to the Hornets in their first year, but awesome guy off the bench. Uh, just, you know, 10 and then up to 15, 16, 14 points a game off the bench. Now, this almost, almost completely comes down to longevity. He only, he only started 77 games out of his 701 playing there. It's kind of shocking, but he was the 1994 sixth man of the year on a team that won 41 games. Not bad. I'll take that. First team, small forward. We got Glenn Rice, 27 points a game, led the league with 47% three-point shooting on 2.6 makes a game. That's a huge amount of makes for a really high percent in 97. He got second team All-NBA that year, third team the next year, three All-Star games in three years with Charlotte, and he made the playoffs in both 97 and 98. Second round, got to the second round in 98. In that same 1997 season, high points, insane percentage, All-Star Game MVP, good for him. 1,500 threes made in his career. Uh, always a conversation when his name comes up for Hall of Fame debates, he will not, but he will be first team All Hornets. First team power forward in the running for weirdest nickname in NBA history, Grandmama Larry Johnson. Pretty short career, 10 years, only five of which were worth the Hornets. Uh, he made two All-Star Games. Kinda think that'd be more. Uh, 93 and then 95, but his, he led his team to playoffs. Won a playoff series in 93, led the league in minutes with 40. He was 19 and 11 his rookie year, walking into the league 19 and 11, jumped up to 22 and 10, 
and then dropped below that on a 16 and 9. Really fizzled out as he kept going on. And then with the uh, the Knicks, obviously they had that really cool 99 title run. But as far as the Hornets go, he's first in offensive rebounds, second in total rebounds, third in free throw attempts and makes, fifth in minutes played, despite only being there five years. And then number four in points with 7405 points in five years. Really nice career. Not going to be a Hall of Famer, but once again in those conversations. First team, all center, definitely Hall of Famer, Alonzo Mourning. Elected in the Hall of Fame in 2014, a couple years late. Uh, but he only had three seasons with Charlotte. He's 10th in rebounds, but somehow first in blocks. He's about 60 ahead of Emeka Okafor. He was only there three years, but they were three awesome years. I talked about how uh, Larry Johnson just dropped in the league as a 2010 guy. Lonzo, 21 and 10 as a rookie, three and a half blocks. Was pretty much 21 and 10, like within 0.5 of those exact numbers for three straight years while shooting 51% and getting three blocks a game. That's insanity. And of course he led his team to the playoffs for the first time as a rookie. Uh, his career really blew up in Miami, but we'll see if he makes the list in a couple weeks. So he leads Hornets in career blocks, but among all players, all teams, he is 11th in NBA history in blocks and sixth in blocks per game with 2.8. Interesting stuff with the all-time blocks per game leaders because you don't get to Hakeem until third. David Robinson's at fourth. Number one and two, Mark Eaton and Manut Bol. So our first team again was Kemba, Walker, Del Curry, Glenn Rice, Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning. Second team, point guard, Muggsy Bogues. Muggsy Bogues, five foot three. Still had a really long career, played till he was 36, 10 years with Charlotte before he was traded to Golden State. Started most of those years until he got injured in 96. Uh, peaked at 10 points a game, 10 assists a game twice in his career. That's awesome. You'd think a short dude would have low field goal percentages, but he's at 46, 47, 45, 49 on nine points a game in 1990. Good for him. All-time leader in importance assists. And he's 24th in NBA career assists. Good for him. Uh, second team, shooting guard. It gets really low over here. I'm going Kendall Gill. He was there for three seasons. Didn't make the playoffs until his last year. But in, in that year, in that playoff year, put up 17 a game, four assists, five rebounds. Peaked the year before, 20 a game on a 31 and 51 team. So three years with the Hornets, a couple years with Seattle. And then in 96, signed back with the Hornets and was traded after 36 games. So technically four years with the Hornets, 266 games, not bad. 15 points a game over his career with the Hornets. Uh, second team, small forward. This is our first Bobcat. Gerald Wallace on a second team, underused in Sacramento, came into the Bobcats when they were an expansion franchise in 04. By 2010, he put up 18 points a game, 10 rebounds. 10 rebounds by a small forward. And then if you look back into 2006, that might be a better season. He led the league with 2.5 steals a game. He also had 2.1 blocks. 2.1 blocks by a 6'7 small forward. He had a, his career cut kind of short when he famously had really bad diet, wasn't an awesome health guy. Maybe that would have changed 10 years later. Uh, but in that 2010 season, he was first team all defense and got a couple uh, all NBA votes. Second team, power forward. We got Anthony Mason, part of that Larry Johnson deal. Now look, he played four years with Charlotte, got hurt in 99, didn't make any all-star games, but he took him to three playoffs. They won a series in 98 and he put up 16 points, 11 rebounds his first year there, down to 13 and 10 the next year. Led the league in minutes, 1997. That's a big dude. Doesn't usually happen. 
Seventh in career rebounds for the Hornets. Third in rebounds a game. Second team center, Al Jefferson. Not a lot of All-NBA guys on this list. Alonzo Mourning didn't make a single All-NBA with the Hornets. Al Jefferson did. Third team All-NBA in 2014. It was their last year as the Bobcats. He put up 22 a game. Not even his career high. That came a couple years earlier with Minnesota. Uh, 11 rebounds a game, 51%. Really nice season. Brought them their first, uh, their first playoff appearance of this new kind of, new kind of era for them. But then he, of course, left after 2016. Only played 47 games that last season there. But that one season, that 2014 season, puts him, puts him on there. He also was eighth in MVP voting. Now MVP votes are kind of weird because it's like, who really cares? There's the top couple guys that really matter, and then everybody else. But being eighth, that kind of matters, right? Kind of matters. So that's our second team, Muggsy, Kendall Gill, Gerald Wallace, Anthony Mason, Al Jefferson. Ooh, Kendall Gill is hanging on by a thread right there. Uh, third team, point guard. Now I fought with this one and I hated the way I picked, but I went LaMelo Ball. Now the only competition is really Baron Davis, who didn't really kick into the Hornets until his third year. Because remember the rest of it came as the New Orleans Hornets, which is a different franchise now. LaMelo's in his third year right now, and LaMelo definitely started stronger. So I, I gave the nod to LaMelo. He put up uh, 16 a game as a rookie, along with six assists, six rebounds, up to 28 and seven his next year, up to 23, eight, six on dreadful shooting, down to 40%, 40% shooting. That's terrible. He's one of those guys though that like jacks up ugly threes, but they go in enough times that you, it's it's fine. He's a 36% three-point shooter. Not awesome, but I'd have to be like, okay, you can keep taking them, I guess. He's an all-star in 2022, but if he's your best player, you're not really going anywhere. Second team, shooting guard, Eddie Jones. Now I really, he, sh he probably should have been second team, but I said in the trailer, if you're only there, if you're not there two years, two full years, I can't put you higher than 13. Uh, he was straight halfway through that 50 game 1999 season from the Lakers to the Hornets. Uh, he was the guy that Kobe was benched behind. Fun fact though, so 1998, Kobe Bryant and Eddie Jones both made the All-Star game. Eddie Jones was starting for the Lakers. Kobe was his backup. Kobe started that All-Star game and the guy who started in front of him for the Lakers was on the bench of the All-Star game. I think that's hilarious. Uh, but he had, a, he had a nice run with Charlotte, 2000, kind of coming out party. 20 points a game, career high before or since. 2.7 steals leading the league. Nice rebounds, nice assists. Kind of ugly percentages, but whatever. And then in 2000, along with Anthony Mason, washed up Dale Ellis, young Baron Davis. They made the playoffs with 49 wins. Eddie Jones was kind of the, the highlight of that team, but he bounced pretty quickly. They kind of overhauled the whole team that year. Ricky Davis, Dale Ellis, Anthony Mason traded by the Hornets in August of 2000 to the Heat for PJ Brown, uh, Tim James, Jamal Mashburn, Otis Thorpe. Safe to say the Heat won that one. And then traded a couple years later, 2005, played a lot of years with the Heat. Starting alongside Dwayne Wade, pushed Dwayne to point guard. And then Eddie moved up to small forward that second year. And then traded for Jason Williams and PCs before that 2006 title run. Devastating, he deserved it. So sorry, Eddie, you deserve to be on second team, but not enough time with the Hornets. Uh, second team, or I'm sorry, third team, small forward. You could go Jamal Mashburn here. I'm going Miles Bridges. That last season, he was putting up 20 a game on 49% shooting, seven rebounds, four assists. Uh, he's kind of a, a swing 3-4 guy. Played about half his career as a small forward, half his career as a power forward. And we'll probably never know what he ends up being because he's probably out of the league after those terrible allegations. Um, so 
maybe not an awesome guy, but third best small forward they've had. 13 power forward. Ooh, this one was tough. I'm going Marvin Williams. He's one of those guys that like everybody liked. By all accounts, awesome teammate. Didn't really score, you know, 11, 10 points a game, six all rebounds, good defender. He was on that 16 playoff team as a starter, playing 29 minutes a game. I don't really know who you go ahead of him. I think I think Marvin Williams is the right choice here. Six years, 429 games. He ranks ninth on the team in total rebounds. 10th in total steals. I don't feel great about that pick, but we're going Marvin Williams. And third team center, Emeka Okafor. Maybe could have been a game changer if he stayed healthy, but he could not. Five years with the Bobcats before they became the Hornets. Man, crazy thing too. So his second season, he missed a lot of games, only played 26. And then from 2008 to 2010, he played 82 games, 72 in 2011, and then just couldn't stay healthy after that. Retired for four straight years. I mean, he was a walking, you know, 15 and 11, with two blocks a game, peaked at 2.6. He never made an all-star game. He really should have made an all-star game. That 07 team, I think he was, I think he was one of the three best centers in the league that year. But as far as the Hornets go, leader in rebounds, leader in rebounds a game, second in blocks, really nice player. Kind of a relic of an older age. You don't really see guys like him anymore. Kind of undersized, but still got blocks. Tough defender, low post dude. Can't really get up for lobs like you see centers do today. But really nice player, not really fun to watch. Supposed to transform that team, and then he left the year before their first playoffs. He never made a playoff game with the Hornets slash Bobcats. Now the toughest omissions from this one, uh, Baron Davis, I mentioned him with Lamelo Ball. He just didn't start hot enough. It took him till his third year, and then he got the switch with historical franchises, so whatever. Uh, Jamal Mashburn, a little bit behind Miles Bridges, but only played two years. Miles played four and borderline all-star last year, so he gets he gets the nod there. Uh, Raven Felton, nice stretch, but again, tough position. Steven Jackson and Jason, Jason Richardson, both of them had a really fun season and a half. They were kind of tied with Eddie Jones in my head, but Eddie was an all-star. That kind of kicked it over. Steven Jackson, though, one of my favorite players of all time. I remember a game in February 2011, I saw him hit a game winner over the Hawks, and he just had this emotional, heartfelt speech at the end. It's like, oh, yes, I can do anything. I can be an NBA player. Uh, and I failed, so now I talk about it in podcasts. But because of that, Steven Jackson's always really important to me. Now, again, thank you guys for listening. If you hate my wrong opinions, tweet me at jakeclark underscore three. If you liked it, keep on listening. Always appreciate it. We'll be back next week with the team that swapped history with the Hornets. Peace out.